Welcome back to Two Guys, a movie and a podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched, or even worse, unnoticed. My name's Tyler. You can call me T. I don't really care one way or another. And as always, I'm Malcolm. You can call me Mac or the other guy. This week, we're continuing our look into Henry Poole is Here. This comes from 2008. It's about one hour and 40 minutes. A quick recap. I enjoyed the movie. thought it was fun and quirky. I gave it a nice, fun 8 out of 10. Mac is looking at me <laughs> like I'm insane. He gave it a 5, and that's mostly because it had George Lopez in it for about 5 minutes. <laughs> An important five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to the spoiler-free episode, I do consider it a Christian movie. Also, if you listen to the spoiler-free episode, you know that I hate Christian movies. But I do thoroughly enjoy this one. It opens up with uh, Henry, played by the wonderful Luke Wilson. Wilson. (laughs) It's always hard picking a, a movie for Mac because he apparently hates every actor. Uh, yeah i was like i was like yeah let's do paddleton and he's like ah ray romano yuck (laughs) but i liked paddleton (laughs) you did you did you liked it more than i did it was a good movie (laughs) anyways it starts with henry looking at a house he wants one down the street but the the house down the street that he wants is not currently for sale even though he offers to pay whatever they want. Right. <laughs> the realtor's just like, no. They live there. They live there. <laughs> they like it. It's their home. <laughs> you you can't have it. Eventually, you'll find out why he really wanted that house. It's kind of predictable why he wanted that house. He goes ahead and, and buys this one down the street, though. He is willing to pay asking price, even though the realtor says, I think we can get him down. <laughs> And ultimately, you find out why he's willing to pay whatever and for whatever. But I, I bet you he feels pretty foolish by the end of the movie, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we'll get there. We'll get there in time. We get some shots of of, uh, of the small town. I don't know if it ever actually says what the name of the town is. I think it's just some kind of generic Florida place. Florida. They're in California. Are they in California? Yeah. Shows how much I pay attention. Wow. It looks it, like Florida, though. They literally say, have you ever been to Florida or uh, California? I guess I don't remember that part. It's right in the beginning. <sighs> the lady, when she's showing him the house, yeah. she's like, have you ever been to California? It's very nice down here. Always sunny. Okay. Take your word for it. Well, you watched this movie like... You this watched morning? This movie this morning. <laughs> I watched this movie like three weeks ago, so... <laughs> I maintain that it could have been shot in Florida and just called California or the other way around. Fair or enough. it could have been shot like anywhere that's sunny. <laughs> right. It could have just been a sunny day somewhere. Yeah. It's pretty uh, It's pretty nondescript. But you see some shots of the small town. You see Henry visiting the uh, grocery store for the first of many times where he is buying a crazy crazy amount of liquor then you see him like settle into his house this is where he meets esperanza (laughs) esperanza is played by none other than get ready for it mac get ready for it i'm gonna try esperanza is played by 
Adriana Barazza. Huh? Stop. Stop? Stop. Fair enough. You would think that with my half Mexican background, I could pronounce Mexican names. My last name, Martinez, took me a lifetime to perfect. Sometimes. Did you not know how to say Sometimes Martinez? I still say Martinez. Wow. I'm kidding. That's not true. It's probably true, <laughs> It's though. not true. <laughs> Esperanza, she's a pretty happy neighbor. She knew the house's previous owner. And there's a whole story there later on in the film. But for now, she's just kind of happy to have a new neighbor. She's very welcoming. I think she gives him like some tamales or something. Yeah. And Henry's just kind of kind of a recluse. He's kind of a hermit, kind of cranky. He's sort of the personified version of Oscar the Grouch at this point. That's okay because he has a reason to be cranky. We'll get to that in a few minutes here too as well. The realtor shows up. He's laying out in his backyard. She comments that it's pretty warm out. She probably wear some sunscreen. Yeah, are you she, are you burning? <laughs> she's making she's making some small talk. She's just kind of checking in to see how he's settling into his new home. And ultimately he's fine with it, I guess. He's a little upset because they did a they redid the stucco on his wall to the side of his house. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of upset because A, he told them he told her not to do any repairs to the house. Wasn't necessary because he's not going to be there very long. Besides that, they did a crappy job on the stucco. <laughs> There's a big stain on his wall, and he doesn't like it. He'd much rather it just go undone, and she offers to have it fixed, but he tells her, don't even bother. Because once again, he's not going to be here this long. True. The realtor leaves, and he starts hearing kind of a replay of his conversation. He's looking around, and he finds out that there is a little girl on the other side of his fence. And she's got a tape recorder. She apparently has this hobby of recording uh, conversations with with people. It's pretty creepy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's very. I guess it's kind of creepy. I mean, I get it, like doing interviews and stuff. Obviously, that's what you're doing. But if you're doing it, like hiding from someone and doing it, hmm, it's a bit. It's a bit creepy. Is it? Yes. <laughs> you're having a conversation and. What if it's like a public place? What if it's like, what if it's a public place and you're not being recorded in your backyard? Still creepy? Yes. Okay. I say this because the other day I had a conversation with my wife. As I may have mentioned before, I go to the library in Kearney over my lunch break. And for two hours, uh, about an hour and a half, I'm at the library. Mm-hmm. I'm a creature of habit. I sit in the same spot every day. Always sit in the same spot or as close to the same spot as I can be. And there's this little room by one of the entrances to the library. And it's got two little booths. I always try to sit in one of those little booths. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice outlet right next to me. I plug all my stuff in. The other day I got there, there was this young woman in one of the booths. No problem. I'm going to have my headphones in. I'm going to be working on the show. No big deal. I can just ignore whatever anybody's doing. And certainly, this one single person isn't going to be loud or obnoxious anyways. Most of the times, people sit there and they just are quiet. First of all, I sit down. And immediately, she wants to make small talk. And listen to the Paddleton episode. I don't like small talk. No, he doesn't. <laughs> anyways, I sit down. She says... 
She says, oh, good morning. I said, eh, good morning. And this is like, this is about 9.15. Is that how you said it? Like, eh, good morning. I probably said it a little bit nicer. <laughs> Not much, but a little bit. Like, eh, good morning. Yeah. I was like, meh, good morning. Uh, anyways, she's so she goes, uh, how are you today? And I was like, oh, not too bad. How are you? She like l- gives me a look and makes this weird noise and like flutters her hands in the air. And I said, oh, one of those days, huh? And she goes, oh, you have no idea. I'm homeless. I'm pregnant. And I slept out in front of the library all night long, and it was freaking freezing out there. I have no idea what to say to any of that stuff. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, then I promptly turned around, <laughs> opened up my laptop, and put my headphones in, thinking that was the end of our interaction. That is all I have to listen to of this girl. Psych. <laughs> she pulls out her phone. She starts having this crazy conversation. She was like FaceTiming with her boyfriend, who I'm assuming from the sound of their conversation, because it was loud, he must have been in a whole other state. And she was trying to get out of Nebraska because she hates Nebraska, especially Carney. You wouldn't believe the people in Nebraska. And she's loud and she's giggly and, and her phone is up really loud and he is loud and he's like listening and saying a few things here and there. Librarian comes up, asks her to turn the phone down. She kind of turns it down a little bit, and believe, and trust me, this is coming right back around. So I know, I know, <laughs> I tend to just drag things out, but this is coming back around. She, she, at one point, she hangs up her phone because she needs to go. She needs to check Facebook. Okay, I guess that's fine. I don't care why you hang up the phone, so long as you hang up the phone, mm-hmm. because headphones or not, I can still hear what you're saying. She checks Facebook. About two minutes later, calls her boyfriend back. And at this point, this is unbelievable. The librarian's come and asked her like twice now to keep it down. She's not listening. <laughs> and, and it's like, I need proof that this exists. <laughs> so I turn on my phone and I hit the record button. And for like the better part of an hour, I recorded this very loud, very public conversation in the library and then i went home and i told my wife i was like if someone's being loud in public do you think it's like weird or unethical to record them being loud and obnoxious in public and she said no i don't think that's all that weird and it's in public it was a private conversation yeah or if you were like being sneaky and like hiding the microphone somewhere where someone could you know where you're like trying to like be underhanded about it but she said, no, it's not that weird. But the lady didn't know you were recording her. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, but does it really matter if you knew? Yes. Why? Because you were trying to be, like, discreet about well, it. No, no, my phone, my phone, like, five inches away from me. I turn it on, I hit, I hit the record widget on my phone, it starts going. I wasn't being discreet, the phone was out the entire time. I wasn't hiding anything. It's an invasion of privacy. Do you have an expectation of privacy when you are talking very, very loudly? Maybe she thought your headphones were turned public up all the way. Place doesn't matter. You're in a library. I guess you should. You should assume that if I, I don't know. I think. <laughs> I think if you're like if you're out in public and you don't want people to hear your conversation, maybe don't have that conversation very loudly. True. 
Anyways. That's reasonable. So uh, I don't think it's super weird <laughs> that this little girl is recording their conversations. I think it's a little creepy, maybe, just because he's in his backyard. And she is recording through the fence. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you find out her name is Millie. She is played by Morgan Lily. Freeman? Oh. Morgan Freeman. Ooh, that'd be... Imagine Morgan Freeman playing a, a little white girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd watch that movie in a heartbeat. If you listen to the Mr. Church episode, you've heard me talk about child actors. I don't like child actors. I think they're terrible. They suck. They probably shouldn't be acting. There's a handful of child actors out there that are good. Vast majority of them suck. Out of, wow. I would say, for every 100 child actors, I think maybe 15 of them are great. Another, another 20 of them are okay. And the rest of them are just bad. And, okay. and it's nothing against them. Child actors, they don't have the experience to be good actors. They don't necessarily have the education. They don't, maybe, you know, they don't, they haven't seen as many movies. So then who's like the best child actor? Macaulay Culkin? Oh, no. No. <laughs> I wouldn't even say he was, a, I wouldn't even say he was a great child actor when he was a child actor. Wow. He was okay. Elijah Wood was a good child actor. In what? Uh, the Good Son with Macaulay Culkin. Elijah Wood was a good kid. Macaulay Culkin was like a creepy murderous. It's like his creepy murderous cousin who was always causing trouble. Classic movie. I've never heard of it. Wow. Like Doesn't Elijah Wood, me. when you say Elijah Wood, I think. Yeah, you probably think like Hobbit or Lord of the Rings or yeah, something. <laughs> kind of like Daniel Radcliffe, I think of Harry Potter immediately. Oh, fair enough. He was a good child actor. Yeah, he was. He spent like the better part of his life <laughs> being a child actor, being a wizard. Yes. At that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I've never actually sat through any of the Harry Potter movies, so I can't really attest to that. I've seen him outside of Harry Potter, and he does pretty good. Like the Woman in Black. Never saw that one. Me either. Uh, I watched him in. I think it was Horns. Oh, I think okay. that's what it was called. He was like growing horns on his head and. I don't remember the whole point of it. I just remember he was growing horns and he was actually pretty good in it. I don't know if it's Elijah Wood or if it's Daniel Radcliffe, but they play a movie where like they're dead. Swiss Army Knife Man? Yeah. I believe it's Daniel Radcliffe. I'm sure it's Daniel Radcliffe. I watched Elijah Wood in a remake of Maniac and it was terrifying and gross. He's like, he's a serial killer and like one of the first things you see is he scalps a woman. Wow. And the only reason you know that it's that it's Elijah Wood is because he steps in front of a mirror a couple of times and you see his reflection a couple of times because mm-hmm. the entire movie is shot first person. And not in like a horrible way like... Uh, hardcore Henry? Yeah, Hardcore Henry. Not in a terrible way like Hardcore Henry. It's like an hour and a half of being a serial killer. Wow. <laughs> it's... It's pretty gross. It's so like virtual reality type stuff. It almost feels like that. <laughs> oh, that would make me feel gross. <laughs> anyways, anyways, we're going get, to get back to this. The whole point of that whole thing was because I think that Morgan Lily is pretty good child actor in this movie. I think she's good. Yeah. I think she's 
far better than young Charlie and Mr. Church. She doesn't say anything for like 99% of the yeah. movie. Yeah, you know how hard it is to not say anything? I've seen A Quiet Place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was probably really hard for them not to say anything. She's not special, though. I think she is special. I I like her in this movie. I think she's I think she's great. Um, actually, I think she does better when she's not talking because I think her her face shows a lot of a lot of heartfelt emotion when she's especially especially later on. She goes and she she touches this this miraculous wall that we're gonna describe in just a minute here. Like just before she starts talking again, there's a scene where where she just she's really good. I like her a lot. Esperanza shows up and looks at the wall, and then she calls someone. Henry's not too happy that she's snooping around his house, so he goes and he finds her, but uh, he's he's at least polite enough to wait for her to get off the phone. Once she hangs up, she tells him that his that his wall has the picture of Jesus. <laughs> the face of Jesus has appeared in the stain on the stucco job. She thinks it's a miracle. He asks her who was on the phone, and turns out it was a priest, played by... George Lopez. You got it, George Lopez. I'm not a big George Lopez fan. Nowhere near as big of a fan as Mac is. I enjoy him here, though, for the five or ten minutes that he's in it. He makes a... Surprisingly, he makes a, a, a nice... He makes a good priest. I don't know why, but he does. I don't know why either. <laughs> He's just nice and like soft spoken. Maybe that's why I like him in this, is because it's like a, it's more of a subdued role than he's usually he's usually doing. I wonder what he's up to these days. George Lopez. Yeah, is he still doing stand up comedy? Yeah, he just had a, I think it was last year he came out with one. Hmm. Um, he's still doing like B list movies. <laughs> but. I think he had a talk show and then Conan replaced him on TBS. Oh yeah. Yeah, you did. Anyway, yeah, he's still doing stand-up. Good for him. Good for him. Henry kicks her out of his yard. Oh, no, no. Uh, step back a minute here. George Lopez shows up. He sees the face. Even as a priest, he's still kind of skeptical of that, about it. He says it's not... He could kind of see where Esperanza's coming from, but it's not necessarily Jesus. Right. <laughs> Esperanza points out exactly what she sees. She's like, see, his eyes are here, his mouth is here. He's got the holy shoulder. Yeah, the holy shoulder. <laughs> I don't know if the holy shoulder is actually a thing or if that's just a funny thing that she said. Like, I, I don't... don't think it's a thing because even Luke Wilson's <laughs> like, the holy shoulder. <laughs> Henry's Henry's pretty fed up with it. He kicks kicks both of them out of his yard and goes about his day. He catches Millie staring at the wall, and he goes out to talk to her and accidentally scares her. And she drops her tape recorder, so he picks it up and kind of gives it a little bit of a listen. Decides to go deliver it, uh, go return it. So he takes it. He takes it uh, next door to to Millie's house, and that is where we meet Don, played by Rada Mitchell. He doesn't tell her that he listened to the tape. She, I think, she even asks him if she if he listened to it, and he said something like. Nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, I don't think I did. But we know that he did because, you know, I don't know. Would you, would, would, you catch somebody with a tape 
with a with a recording device. They drop it, run off. What do you do? Do you pick it up and listen to it, or do you just return? And this part, this exact situation, you know who the kid is. Do you 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 return it without listening to it, or do you listen to it? I listen to it with caution because <laughs> I don't know what they're recording these days. <laughs> Fair enough. I would probably listen to it because I'm kind of a snoopy, nosy guy. Right, but curiosity killed the cat. Well, I'm not a cat, so. But you are curious. True, but I'm not a cat. It might kill you nonetheless. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like if I find a camera. <clears throat> if I found a camera, this has never happened to me, but if I found a camera just sitting in the park, someone forgot their camera, I'd pick it up. First thing I do, turn it on, flip through the pictures, see what's on that camera. Well, yeah, because then you could possibly find the owner of the camera. But I'm not looking at it. Are you just going to set it back down when you're done? <laughs> I might. I might. It's, it's a lot of work to find potential owners for a camera. Not in the town that we live in. Maybe. It depends on the time of year. What if it's tourist season? Who? What if it's tourist season? Oh. There's like, like what if there's like an extra 50 people at Pioneer Village down the road. One of them, that camera could belong to one of them. Do I trust the people at Pioneer Village to ask one of their 50 customers if they lost a camera? No, I guess. <laughs> I used to work at Pioneer Village. Yeah. The restaurant. No, I kind of forget they had a restaurant. Yeah. Wow. When did that quote? When did that close down? It was down? like 2013, 14. Oh, wow. It went that long, huh? Ah. Yeah. Okay. That's because fine. as soon as they closed, I started working at Pizza Hut. So, yeah, 2013. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I always forget that they had a restaurant. I never, I don't think I ever once ate there, though. I did because I worked there. Right? <laughs> right? I People used to tell me, though, that like it, it tasted different every year because... Every year there was like different, there was like different management. Yeah. <laughs> so like Pioneer Village in 1998 tasted different than Pioneer <laughs> Village in 1999. Yeah. I mean, and it probably tasted way different by the time you were there. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know because I never ate there. Anyways, I'd probably, I, w- I would probably sit the camera down and leave it there. Just because what if the person comes back for it? That's not them. That's not my fault. They're irresponsible. Well, okay, so would you keep the camera then, or would you? Because the whole thing was, the whole thing was, you said that you would flip through the picture so you could possibly find out who it belonged to and return it. Depends on who I find out that it belongs to. <laughs> if I don't like them, I'm keeping it. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I used to buy. I used to whenever I went garage sailing with my dad. Anytime I saw a camera. Video camera, film camera, whatever. I used to, I used to buy them up like crazy, whether I had a use for them or not, if they were cheap. Mm-hmm. And one time, I bought a big clunky video camera for like five bucks from a garage sale in Axtell. and it was like really big and clunky. It's like the kind that you like you have to hold on your shoulder. It was super old, so it took VHS tapes, right. and it had a tape inside of it. And first thing I did, I'm watching this tape. <laughs> I'm watching this tape because there might be people having sex on it. There was nobody having sex on that tape. <laughs> it was like some old home videos. 
<laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, this is terrible. Why? Why? Uh, what a beautiful family. How horrible. <laughs> is it bad that I didn't return the tape, though? Would you return the tape? I wouldn't have picked it up in the first place. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Especially for the reasons you picked it up. <laughs> well, I didn't pick it up for the sole purpose of hoping to see some like homemade porn. But the way you said it is like that's what that's all you were hoping for. No, as soon as I found out there was a tape, I was like, there might be something good on this thing. <laughs> good as in what though? I don't know. Uh, or maybe or maybe it would turn into like some sort of crazy mystery. Yeah, what if it was like found footage? Yeah, That'd be crazy. exactly. That would be crazy. Uh, if that's what it looked like, yeah, I'd definitely <laughs> be like, oh, okay, I'm keeping this. How about a little, like a little newer camcorder one time from someone on Facebook for like 20 bucks? Just because I had a bunch of little tapes that I wanted to convert to DVD. Mm-hmm. And it takes a very specific kind of camera to play those tapes. And so I got it. And it had a tape in it, and it had some pictures on it. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I can't wait to see who's what they were taking pictures of. Skull. <laughs> and it was nothing interesting. Like, the guy that owned it, he liked taking it out hunting. So it was like some pictures of, like, some trees and stuff. <laughs> it wasn't anything special. Not even a Bigfoot or anything. Pathetic. Anyways, let's get on. Let's get on to this. I would listen to it because I'm kind of snoopy. Mac would listen to it cautiously because... I'm not as curious. <laughs> He's not that interested. <laughs> Anyways, he goes and gives it to Don. The first time you meet Don, she kind of seems like a wreck. <clears throat> I was expecting like maybe like an abusive husband or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. definitely the vibe you get when you first meet her. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of like, I don't, I was thinking more like maybe, uh, maybe a drunk mom or someone on drugs. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> well, he's on the wall. Anyways. Oh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's tired. She's like, oh yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make sure she doesn't do it again. And she, blah, 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 blah. Which is so weird because for the rest of the movie. She's like really put together. Yeah. She's like mother of the year for the rest of the movie. Yeah. The first time you meet her, eh, kind of a wreck. <laughs> After that, she's just a friendly neighborhood lady, which is kind of strange. Also, also you get the the idea that maybe she's not the greatest mom because her daughter is hanging out on the side of the house with a fort made out of old cinder blocks. <laughs> I mean, kids will be kids. Yeah, kids will be kids, but like, just the way they have it set up is like, I don't know. They just kind of make it look like not the most pleasant <laughs> of situations. Yeah. But then she's very well put together throughout the rest of the movie, and that's that's a that's just an odd that's just an odd thing. Maybe it's maybe it's just me, but I think there's a, a stark difference from the first time you meet her and the second time you meet her. He's wandering around the town a little bit at some point too, and he. He can he continues to kind of go and like look at the house that he originally wanted, and just kind of looks at it from the outside, from afar. Later on, he gets to go inside of it, and and we'll talk about that when we get there as well. But you kind of get this feeling that there's something special about that house. Clearly, there's something special about that house because he was willing to pay 
for an entire family <laughs> to leave it at a moment's notice. Would you? Depends on how much you offer me. Well, really, I mean, you get to pick the price. Yeah, well, true, true. Let's see, if Henry Poole showed up and said, I would like to buy this house from you for 90000 that would cover our mortgage, and that'd give us a decent, well, what's left of our mortgage, and give us a maybe enough for like a, a down payment on a new house. And I'd be like, sure, <laughs> it's yours, take it. I would love a new house. I'd be like four hundred thousand, no less. <laughs> and he would do it. He would, in theory. I mean, there is, there does have to be a limit to what he has. Well, the house that he got was what three twenty-five. Oh yeah, that's true. She so. did say that it was pretty expensive for for what he got, actually. So I mean, seventy. What's seventy-five more thousand? True enough. And he will, and he and to be fair, you're right though. He did say he would pay whatever. Right. Whatever they wanted, I would. I wouldn't go excessive. I'd just be like, "You pay off my mortgage. You give me a down payment for another house. We'll call it good." <laughs> I would say, "You pay for my the rest of my mortgage, then you pay the down payment and the rest of that." <laughs> you you buy me you buy me out of this house, and then you buy me the next house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that goes to the car dealership and says. You're asking for this? Sure. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that would not would not argue <laughs> or haggle. After he's done meeting Don, he goes back to the grocery store. We meet Patience, and she is played by Rachel Seaforth. And she makes the comment that he drinks a lot. I think she asks him if he's throwing another party or something. Yeah. And, and he's like, nope, not throwing a party. <laughs> Why would you think that? And it's all because he's buying a crazy amount of booze. You don't actually... You, you do see him drinking throughout the movie. But you never actually see him drinking quite as much as he's buying. Right. And he's never like sloppy drunk. Mm-hmm. So it's probably because it's kind of a Christian movie. <laughs> like he doesn't believe in God, so he must be a booze hound. <laughs> but we got to keep it PG. So we can't show him sloppy drunk. Also worth noting, this movie is PG. This is a this is a good family movie. This is the second family movie that we've done. What was the first? Mr. Church. Mr. Church was also PG and very inoffensive. This one's PG, and I think he almost curses at one point or another. He did curse. Did he? He said, God damn it. Oh, yeah. And he was like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. They got away with some curse words in this movie for being PG. Mm-hmm. Don't you get like a certain amount? I think so. That's that's my understanding. Yeah, you're right. You just say God damn it. But there's a point where Esperance is like trying to there's like other people around and she's trying to like no 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 no. Yeah. No, no, not 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 god damn it. God <laughs> God something good. Or something like that. Patience is kinda nosy. She's very sociable and she's kinda nosy. And for the most part, Henry just kind of ignores her. Well, she seems like an awkward coworker. <laughs> yeah. Yep, she's got like super thick. <laughs> even it even like pans in on her glasses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever heard the the expression Coke bottle lenses? Mm, yes. Yeah. She's got Coke bottle lenses. <laughs> <laughs> They're like really heavy and really thick. Of course, we have to know that she wears these super heavy glasses and she's these super thick glasses because that's going to come back a little bit later as well. Esperanza, she sneaks. She starts sneaking people in 
to Henry's yard to view the wall. Henry shows up, and he's very upset, and so he chases them all away. After he chases them all away, he notices... Well, actually, I think they like even like set like some candles or something next to his wall, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's like... He's like uh, He's pretty upset that A, they're in his yard. B, they're building a shrine on a shrine <laughs> around his wall. Uh, he notices that there's like a, a red splotch of paint on his wall. There's a few points throughout the movie where you see people looking at the wall. It's just them looking into the camera from where the like from the wall's position. Oh, okay, yeah. And I, I kind of like that. Like I think they do some fun camera work in this movie. This part in particular, he's looking at this little red spot on the wall. He's looking straight into the camera, and right in the center of the frame is this little red spot. He like picks up a little stick or something, and he and he like scoops up the red stuff, and he goes and he he takes everything back to Esperanza, and he's yelling at her and stuff, and and he's upset that they put paint on his wall, and and Esperanza says, "No, no, no, we didn't put paint on your wall." Then she's convinced that it truly is a miracle because the wall is bleeding; it's crying tears of blood. He's not having it though. He's just not. Yeah, he believing. doesn't even. He doesn't even like the word miracle. I think there's even points where, where he refuses to even say the word yeah. miracle. He's just not having it. I think there's a point. I don't know if it's if it's right here or if it's later on, in the movie. Uh, you know, I was I was mentioning how a lot of Christian movies like they show like very small tolerance for other beliefs, whether you're an atheist that doesn't believe in God or just someone that believes in a different God, like a Muslim or something like that. The most this movie does is at one point Esperanza is talking to another neighbor and the other neighbor is saying something like, he's got to be an atheist. If he doesn't believe this, he's got to be an atheist. And he's cranky. Those two just go hand in hand. (laughs) Atheists are cranky. Their level of intolerance for other beliefs it's still, it's still pretty, it's pretty low. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not like, they're not like, all oh, atheists are terrible people, or anybody that doesn't believe this is a miracle is a terrible person. Esperanza spends the whole movie kind of trying to prove that he's a good person. And in all reality, I don't think he's a terrible person. I think he's just human. He's cranky. Well, in his situation, I think, like, it's reasonable why he's like that. Yeah. <laughs> he's still not believing it's a miracle, even... Though it's bleeding, and he there's got to be an excuse for it. He goes, and he tries to wash the whole thing off. And um, I'll say this. I just don't like licensed music in movies. I prefer, I prefer an original score, something written specifically for the movie. Mm-hmm. This movie, it has a few spots where it has like some 90s bands for some reason. Whether they work or not. That's that's entirely up to you. They play some eels earlier, later on in the movie, or at some point in the movie, and that fits pretty well. He's trying to wash the wall off, and they're playing like song two from Blur, and you probably you probably don't know who Blur is. Do you know who Blur is? I don't know. Anyway, I've probably heard it. Yeah. Well, you have heard it because you watched the movie. Well, yeah. But... <laughs> it's, it's that woohoo. Oh yeah. It just doesn't fit the. <laughs> he's like scrubbing his wall yeah. and like you're hearing this this crazy like rock song from the 90s that just doesn't it just doesn't quite do it for me i do like that song i'll listen to that song any day of the week just not while i'm watching henry pool he's washing the wall the blood keeps coming back they they continually throughout the part that he's washing the wall you keep seeing like the camera from the wall's perspective as well so he's like spraying so he's 
like spraying the screen of the TV kind of more or less with with the water and scrubbing it and stuff. Nothing's working. You get a little bit of a flashback from six weeks earlier where he's at the doctor's office. He's getting some tests done. This is so painful. I know. Why Just did the they? Sound of why it. did they have to show this so many? Like it, it has no bearing on the story whatsoever. Getting like his, he's getting his blood drawn. The the nurse is like new and inexperienced, and she's nervous, and she keeps poking him. And they add this horrible sound effect. I mean, you think the sounds in Autopsy of Jane Doe were were gooey and crunchy? This is just there's something bad about this right. one. I just oh so horrible, and they keep showing it too. He gets poked like three or four times. <laughs> this isn't actually where he gets the news. No, you just know that he's getting some tests done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the doctor's asking him. I think the doctor asks him some questions like, "Does he exercise? How's his diet?" And he gives like these really kind of vague answers. Is like, oh, do you exercise? Uh, enough. <laughs> so that's a no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, how's your diet? And he's like, I eat. <laughs> I don't know as if I necessarily need the flashbacks. You need the flashbacks to find out that he's sick. But I kind of think they could have led the whole movie with that. I don't know how important it is that you learn this stuff later on in the movie or throughout the movie. It's kind of like fundamentals of caring. Like, they broke it up in so many pieces. I don't think it needed to be broken up, though. I I personally, I wish they would have just started the whole movie with him in the doctor's office and getting the bad news. It didn't do me any good to... I don't think it does any good to, to have these flashbacks. And the flashbacks are kind of like, they're unevenly separated. And they're not consistent. I think there's two flashbacks totals, mm-hmm. two flashbacks total throughout the whole thing. And if it was like a, if it was like a constant thing, maybe. But I don't think it necessarily works for this movie. After the doctor's office, patients, we. This is where we actually see her glasses and how thick they are. Henry Poole is just chilling out, waiting to be checked out, and patients is a few aisles down, and she sees him. And she kind of flags him down and calls him over so that she can, so that she can check out his groceries for him. She is one of the one of the better characters in the movie. Like all the characters are, are nice and fun, but she's she's one of the more caring characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's actually probably the first one to really actually express any kind of any kind of real care for him. She doesn't have any ulterior motives, you know. Esperanza, she. She cares about him to the extent that he has Jesus on her wall. Right. Dawn, you know, you've only met her once and she was kind of frazzled. You've met patients a couple of times by now and she seems to actually care about him. While she's checking his stuff out, I don't think he's buying the usual booze, is he? No. No, because she brings that up. <laughs> yeah. No, I even have it on my notes. Had I just read my notes. <laughs> she flags him down at the store. Henry's buying a bunch of bleach. She asks him some personal questions and offers her help. Just offers to listen to him and just be polite and nice. Henry's a jerk. He just kind of tells her to, he more or less just tells her to shut up and mind her own business. Right. You can tell she's 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 pretty pretty hurt by his bluntness of his you know of of, of him not wanting to talk to her. Goes home, scrubs the wall some more. Nothing works, and Dawn shows up, and she knows that Henry won't be there for long 
And she knows this because Esperanza knows everything. She heard it from Esperanza, and I think she she points out that Esperanza probably got it from the uh, from the real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Nothing gets by Esperanza. No, no, no. Okay, no. fair enough. Fair enough. She asks what he's doing, why he won't be there for long, and she asks him if he is flipping the house because this was probably a time. Two thousand eight was probably a time when flipping houses was like. I mean, it's still kind of a thing. I think. I think there was like a big boom <laughs> of just flipping houses. Of flipping houses, early, you know, in like the early two thousands, mm. early to mid two thousands. He just kind of tells her, "Yep, that's what I'm doing," because he doesn't like to talk to people. And if he told her that it's because he was dying, it would kind of negate the whole flashback that we get a little bit later on. <laughs> of course, this is the spoilers, so I can tell you that he's dying even before. Yeah, he's dying. He, it has not actually been confirmed in the movie yet that he's dying, but he he is dying. While he's cleaning his house and taking care of the chemicals and whatnot, he finds a box of photographs under the kitchen sink, and he opens them up to see what was in there, much like I would do if I found a camera in the park. And he finds a photo of Esperanza and sees that she did know the guy that was in the house because there's, like, photos of of her and the guy that used to live there as well. I think that's a weird place to store your photos. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I take a lot of pictures. The few that I print, not being stored under my kitchen sink. <laughs> they're being stored in my bedroom. They're put. They're being put in frames on the walls. They're, they're in a variety of other places, but not underneath my kitchen sink where a leaky faucet could right. be the end of them. I kind of feel like he probably could have found those photos anywhere else in the movie, (laughs) like anywhere else in his house, and it would have made far more sense than under the kitchen sink. After he sees that there's a picture of Esperanza in there, he goes and talks to her. He goes and delivers it to her. This is, I I believe this is where where you get the atheist or cranky comment because she's like weeding, she's like weeding her front yard or something. Oh, she's weeding his yard, actually. And one of the other neighbors is like, why are you doing this for this guy? (laughs) Right. And she's like, well, because I'm friendly and nice. (laughs) He gives her the box. And, well, she he he gives her the photo, and then he tells her that he's got a whole box full of them in the house. If she wants them any time, she can just come get them. Why wouldn't he just give her the box? Because he doesn't care. But he cares enough to say, if you want him, you can come get him. He's already taken one photo. He's lazy. Tour. Why doesn't he just grab the box? He has, but it takes no more work. He's dying. It takes no more work <laughs> to just carry the box to her in the front yard. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I guess she ha- she has to get into that house somehow, and this is the perfect way to do it. Esperanza, she goes, she gets the box. She tells this very touching story about how she was she was lonely. She didn't think she was ever going to meet anyone and didn't think she would ever have a, a family or anything like that. And then she meets this guy and they fall in love. And while they don't necessarily have a family, they have each other and that is good enough. And it is a pretty touching story. It, it warmed my heart. Not many things do. Not many things do, but it warmed my heart, nonetheless. After hearing this story, Henry agrees to let the church test the blood. 
Esperanza's so excited. And so the blood sample is collected, and Henry has a brief conversation with uh, the priest, George Lopez, Father George. Salazar. Is that his name? Okay, Father Salazar. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Max, such a big fan of George Lopez that he memorized all the, like, he doesn't, he, he didn't, <laughs> didn't memorize the names of anybody else in the movie, but he did remember Father Salazar. He mentions, he makes mention that, that he's not going to be there for long and, and Father Salazar offers to, offers just to listen to him, hear him out, kind of like, uh, kind of like patients earlier on. Henry's just not into, he's just not into talking to people, telling not people what his problem it. is. Even though he keeps bringing it up to people that he's not going to be there long, which, which Father Salazar is kind of right. If you don't want people to ask you, don't bring it up. <laughs> don't bring it up. <laughs> you clearly want people to ask you if you're if you keep telling people. Or at least that's that, I I agree with Salazar on that one. With right. Father Salazar on that one, and that drives me nuts. I get that a lot on like Facebook or Twitter. You get like people that put like random things. Like, oh, I can't believe this. Just, I can't believe this horrible day has happened to me. I can believe it 100%. And I don't even care what happened to you. I don't know what happened to you. But if you're, but if you're putting this on the internet, I can believe that it happened to you. That's horrible. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's heartless. No. Inconsider. I don't think so. If you have a problem and you, and you want to bitch about it, just put it out there. Don't turn it into a homework assignment. Don't give it to me in a weird riddle form. Oh, I wish someone would ask me. What was yeah. It's like, oh, I can't believe some people just don't do it like this or some people just think this. No. I'm not fa- I don't I'm not falling for it. <laughs> I don't care what your problem is. You got a problem, you just tell me what the problem is and then I'll I'll click like or something like that. Or maybe comment, sorry to hear that. Sorry, bud. The conversation doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. That may actually be just about the last time you actually see Father Salazar. Like, that's the most you get out of him. He might show up a little bit later on in the movie. I don't think he's I don't think he's got like much more dialogue or anything. Henry sees Millie out and about, and he goes and he visits her. He sees her in her makeshift fort made up of old cinder blocks, and she's got little like trinkets and baubles all over the place and and he's talking to her and he's he's really friendly. This is the most friendly we've seen him so far. He's telling her how cool it is and how how he can understand why somebody would want to hang out out there because because it's a cool little fort. He he does the whole like yeah I wish I could stay here and and talk to you but I gotta get going as he sits down on an old uh, exercise bike and starts pedaling away. Millie is kind of like Henry Poole's Henry Poole. He wants to be her friend. He's trying to be nice to her. She's really just not having it. She gets up and. And goes inside. <laughs> Esperanza, she takes Henry to the house he wanted in the first place. She talked to the owners, I guess, and when they weren't home, they allowed... <laughs> they said, yeah, sure, you can bring this stranger in and, and let him look around our house. You know, of course, we find out it's his childhood home. I don't think it's any big surprise that it's his childhood home. I feel like you could probably... Have... Did you guess that before he... Uh, I was well, saying I thought it was like maybe like he had a family before he was by himself. Okay. So I figured it was like maybe that's where him and his wife and his kids stayed and mm. then they left. So, yeah, I didn't necessarily go 
childhood route. Oh, fair enough. Maybe just like a bad past. I don't know. The first time I saw it, I don't know as if I necessarily thought it was his childhood home, but when I found out it was his childhood home, I was like, yeah, okay. Right. It's, I mean, not, like a, like, it's not like a big surprise or a big twist Right, like you know it's like of some sentimental meaning to him. Yeah. He goes and he's kind of wandering around the house. He, he tells like Esperanza a few things here and there about his past, and and you get a little bit of insight into what his childhood was like. And later on, you get even more insight into what his childhood was like. Not a particularly happy childhood. His parents were kind of not super happy with each other. Right. And so he goes home and he has this has this old family photo where everyone is smiling and he pins it to the wall of his current house. And he just kind of looks at it a little bit. And it's just and it's a tiny picture. It's like a wallet-sized photo. Mhm. If my if memory serves correct, it's a pretty small photo, and he pins it to this big empty wall. I'm sure there's some sort of symbolism behind that, but I don't know what it is, <laughs> and I didn't go to film school, so I don't know. <laughs> Don finds Millie at the wall, and I love this part of the movie so much. <laughs> It makes me so happy. It's like the middle of the night. Millie's out there staring at the wall. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, like her face, she, her face just shows like this crazy amount of emotion. She touches the wall, her hands on it. Dawn comes to get her and Millie turns around and she's got like tears streaming from her eyes. And she, they hug each other and it gets, it gets really sappy, but in the best way possible. And Millie talks. And you find out that Millie hasn't talked to anyone since, like, her dad left years ago. And they never actually explain where Millie's dad went. No, no, why just that he left. Why he's not around anymore. They, Yeah, they just say that he left. She's, she does mention that Millie absolutely loved her father, though. Mm-hmm. So even though he was a bad guy to potentially a bad guy to just leave them behind, he must have been at least... At least a decent father to to his daughter. Right. To the point that him leaving causes her to stop talking. Yeah. You get this wonderful moment, though, where where she talks, and I think she says, she whispers in her mom's ear something like, can you hear me, or something like that. We get a flashback to Henry learning that he's dying. This is fairly, like, this is a good, this is a decent way into the movie before we actually find out that he's dying. He's talking to the doctor. Doctor doesn't actually even tell him what he's dying of. He yeah, just he tells just, him that this is a rare disease and it's it's gonna kill you really fast. Yeah. I'm gonna die. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's as a super quick flashback. Like I said, five minutes at the beginning of this movie. You could have opened it up like Paddleton and been just fine. Mm-hmm. We now know that Henry is dying. I think you might even get some shots of him like trying to deal with the news. Yeah, like he, I think the scene, it goes on and he's like in his car just contemplating. Or like yeah. he's walking out of the hospital and it's like dark outside. And he's just, you can just see on yeah. his face. You get like some generic shots of of him just dealing with dying. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they really do much to make the movie better, to make his character any deeper. We don't, but we know now though that this is why he's cranky, but... Mm-hmm. 
It does seem like he was kind of cranky even before he was dying. Admittedly, he's got a reason to be angry at the nurse that's like poking him 50 times. Uh, like when she's poking him, he's like, do you like need to go practice on an orange or something? <laughs> but uh, you kind of get the, I, I anyways, personally got the feeling that, that maybe he was just kind of a cranky guy to begin with. Yeah. And now that he's dying and we know that he's dying, we can understand why he would be even more cranky. Also because he's kind of alone. He doesn't seem to have any family. Uh, as far as you know, his mom and dad are dead. They don't ever say that they're dead, but you can probably assume that they're dead. Right. Well, even and, in that photo, they look fairly old. Yeah. I mean, clearly they're not living in the same house that he would, mm-hmm. that he grew up in anymore. Henry kind of discounts Millie's experience with the wall. Esperance is like, like see, told you. Miracle wall. <laughs> Jesus fixes everything. Even Dawn is kind of getting into the whole miracle thing now, too. She's kind of kind of getting on the train of of this wall is special henry's just kind of like well maybe she just felt like talking now it's you know you said it's been a while since she talked maybe she's just ready to start talking now right. has nothing to do with that wall so that's kind of like the first i mean i mean you know he's like skeptical of the whole wall thing to begin with but that's really about the first time that he's well, no, I guess forget that. It's really not the first time he's like throughout he the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, no, it's, it's not Jesus. But, anyways, uh, there's just something different about this moment because this is the first like actual actual thing that you could really that he's that he would even consider being remotely miraculous. Yeah, he writes off the whole blood thing as just a weird thing that's happening on his house. There's just something different about Millie talking versus anything else that's happened up to this point. Mm. Don delivers some cookies, and they go for a walk. And it was kind of a nice scene too. It was a nice scene. There's a, there's a lot of things in this movie that are very generic, mm-hmm. <laughs> like very same soundy. In this whole walking scene, you could almost overlay it with audio from a medicine ad on TV. Like it's just generic shots of them walking and talking and smiling. And talking. <laughs> There's nothing really special about it. Severe back pain? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have severe back pain? <laughs> Hate not being able to enjoy a walk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, they go for a walk. It is a nice scene. There's nothing particularly special about it other than they're becoming friends. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you actually hear most of what they say. I think no. there's like some kind of generic music that plays right. over it. I do believe, though, it is at this point that he's telling her that he's dying and that's why he won't be there for long. Mm-hmm. Because later on you do find out that she knows that he's dying. She is the one person in the in the neighborhood that does know that he's dying up to this point. Even Esperanza hasn't quite figured it out, even though she knows everything else. <laughs> <laughs> he comes home. There's this really cool... It's this really cool shot. For being a movie like this, it does do some fun camera things. There's this cool shot where the camera, it kind of, it starts outside the house and it kind of, kind of drifts, you know, around the corner and between his fence and his house and then, and then around another corner and you see Patience is out at the wall and she's got her hand on it and voila, she no longer needs her thick Coke bottle glasses anymore. She can anymore. see. She can see. It's a miracle. She no longer needs her glasses. She's so excited. She can't wait to go home and tell her mom. 
and it's wonderful and it's awesome. Henry, he's still not calling it a miracle. Yeah. She like goes to say miracle and he's like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He just shuts her down. Millie. Actually, I don't think it's Millie shows up. I think it's Dawn that shows up. I wrote Millie on my notes, but I think it's Dawn that shows up. She comes out and invites him over to play. Yeah. And he doesn't want to do it, but uh, she's like, well, you can't say no to a little girl, can you? <laughs> he goes out. He's like looking around at, oh, that little scamp. That little scamp shows up and she's got some water balloons and she she hits him with a water balloon and he realizes life really is worth living because what kind of world would it be when you can't laugh at getting all splashed with water balloons by a little girl in your backyard? On a rock bottom, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is kind of cheesy. There's a lot of cheesy stuff in this movie. I, I won't deny that, but it's cheesy stuff that I can get behind. I, I do enjoy the happy moments in this movie. And if you're a fan, if you're a regular listener to this show, you know that I don't like a lot of happy things in my movies. I do like all the happy things in this movie. They they have a water fight in the backyard. He gets like the garden hose and he's spraying them with water and they're laughing and having fun and Again, it's kind of like you again you could probably put like some some medicine <laughs> some uh, medicine audio above this like like have you ever wondered why you're afraid of water? <laughs> Maybe it's because you have rabies. What? Cuz rabies makes you afraid of water. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> Pretty sure rabies makes you afraid of water. I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Does rabies make you thirsty? <laughs> now you know why rabies causes fear of water or hydrophobia. That is crazy. There you have it, folks. Rabies makes you afraid of water. <laughs> hydrophobia causes rabies virus and Australian bat lysivirus. <laughs> Prognosis near nearly always death. <laughs> If you have rabies, you're going to die. Oh, no. Well, if you don't get it treated. Rabies is curable. I think it takes like eight shots to the stomach. It's like the cure for rabies is super painful. (laughs) I'd rather just have the rabies. (laughs) But you would die. No. (laughs) I don't know how long you can live with rabies, but it will kill you. Anyway, they have this, uh, they have a water fight in the backyard. After the water fight... Henry goes out, and he goes for a walk around the town. Have you ever seen Terminator 2? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Sounded like a toy airplane landing. Uh, yes. Which one was Terminator 2? That uh, was the second one. Kind of what happened. <laughs> um, Is that when Arnie comes back to kill Arnie? No, I think that was... I think that might have been Genesis. That's like four movies. Five Maybe even six movies into it. Is that the one with the... Two is the one with, like, the T-2000, I think. It's, like, the first one where the guy, where you see the guy that, like, turns into, like, liquid metal. Okay. And yeah. he, <laughs> he... The kid is teaching... The kid is teaching Arnold how to be human, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. And he's, like, telling him not to kill anybody. Anyways, there's a scene in Terminator 2. Or they're on a motorcycle. And they're being chased by the evil Terminator. They're going through the place that looks 
I think it looks exactly like this place <laughs> in Henry Pool. Mm-hmm. And so on my notes, I put, Henry visits the set of Terminator 2. <laughs> because it looks exactly like that part. Although Terminator 2, if you have not seen it, the best in the franchise. It is such an awesome movie. It is a good movie. It is. It is. I love that movie so much. Anyways, I can't uh, even remember what three was about then. Three was the Lady Terminator. Oh yeah, didn't like it. <laughs> it was yeah, it was okay. Uh, the first one does not hold up. You go back and watch the first <laughs> one; it looks horrible. I mean, it was like shot on like a shoestring budget. I once heard that that Arnold Schwarzenegger took that role, thinking that it wasn't actually going to go anywhere. He took it thinking it was going to be a garbage movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then it like blew up his career. Right. <laughs> Do you think that blew up his career? Do you think Conan did? I was watching something the other day. They were quoting an interview where he was filming Conan and somebody asked him about his other project. And he's like, oh yeah, that's going to be a garbage movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say, I would say Terminator blew up his career. I think if, if all you've got is Conan in your back and like Conan and like, Predator. like, Predator before Terminator. Come on, kill me. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper now. Was Predator before Terminator? First uh, Terminator? Let's find out. And then we then we will get back to this, I promise. Yes. So the first Terminator was in 84. Predator was 89. I bet Predator was 89. 87. Oh. Okay, so. I bet he wouldn't have got Predator without Terminator. No. You think he got Predator without Terminator? Yeah, because you take like the character of Conan's basically the same thing. I don't think he would have got Predator without Terminator. There was a lot of people in Predator, though. I mean, you had the dude that played Apollo Creed from Rocky. Okay. So, I mean, do you think that guy would have gotten it without Rocky? No. That I can believe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to this. Okay. Anyways, Henry visits the set of Terminator 2, which is like this... This is like under the bridge type of thing. I don't even know what you would call this thing. It's like a, it's like an empty dam almost. It's kind of what it makes me think of. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not an empty dam. So you guys can, anybody listening, <laughs> you don't need to tell me. But if you do know what, what you would actually call this thing that he's walking around, other than just under a bridge, sure, let me know. He finds that under the bridge, there's all this graffiti and... He kind of cleans it up a little bit, and underneath some of the graffiti, he finds the words, Henry Poole was here. And you get like some flashbacks of his childhood. That's where he used to hide when his parents were like arguing and stuff. Or you assume when they were arguing. Mm-hmm. You don't ever actually see his parents arguing. They Maybe probably, he was just they, probably spent, they probably spent most of their money on Luke Wilson and Rodham Mitchell and George Lopez. Paying two more people to be angry mom and dad probably <laughs> probably not in the budget. He goes and he kind of he cleans it off. You don't actually see him carrying the cleaning stuff <laughs> there with him. Right. But he's cleaning it. Those graffiti artists, are, they're using some pretty crap paint <laughs> if it's coming off that easy. And he must have used like the world's greatest Sharpie to write it on there <laughs> because he's cleaning off this years of graffiti, but not even fading, <laughs> not even fading the Henry Poole was right. here. So anyways, he goes home. Uh, he writes on his own wall under the photo, Henry Poole was here. 
And then he goes and he asks Dawn out. And he feels kind of bad asking her out. He, he mentions that he's not sure if it's fair to ask her out given his situation. And she's super happy that he that he did ask her and all this fun stuff. It's a, it's a fun little interaction between the two of them. It's lighthearted and... Like she she says yes before he can finish the question, but he really wants to finish asking the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he goes and he tells Esperanza he's had a little bit of a change of heart. You can go ahead and let a few people come look at my wall. And she's so excited. So she does. This is a, this is the part where he's sitting out back and there's like a line of people coming to see his wall and he's pointing... He's like kind of joking around like, oh, this guy just wishes he was a better dancer. <laughs> or And she's, she mentioned something like, oh, he doesn't really have any problems. He just wants to, to safeguard against the future in case he does have problems. Right. And so it's like, oh, it's all, it's all preventative with this guy then. Henry goes back to the store and returns patient's glasses. He gives them, he gives them to her and he, he mentions to her that uh, she's probably going to want to go to the doctor. And she's kind of like, why would I need to go to the doctor? I can see. <laughs> why do I need to pay a doctor to tell me that I can see now? He's just kind of like, well, you know, medical journals, right? <laughs> he just doesn't want to believe that it's a miracle. Then we get the candlelit dinner in the backyard where him and Dom, they kind of talk about his situation. Millie shows up. Henry kind of feels really bad about about everything. Well, you know, about his situation, like we said. Don. She takes, she picks up Millie and takes her back inside and puts her back to bed. While she's putting Millie back to bed, Henry kind of wanders over to the wall and he looks at it and he almost touches it, but he just can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, he's, he would rather die (laughs) than admit, than touch this wall and admit that a miracle could happen. He'd rather have rabies. (laughs) They get those eight shots. True, true. The next day, Millie stops talking, and we find out she knows that Henry is dying because she was out recording their conversation. At first, they can't figure out why she's not talking or why she's so upset. Henry gets the idea that, let's go check the tape recorder. And he does. And sure enough, she recorded their conversation about him, you know, dying. Mm. I gotta say... She didn't have the tape recorder when she showed up during the candlelit dinner. <laughs> she, Maybe she had it hidden. She was just standing there. What did she? So she recorded it and then went back and took the the recorder back and then came back out and let herself be known. No, she was probably already out there, and then just popped out. Okay. All right. I just think it's you. Just you don't see her carrying it. Where is it? Behind the bushes. Fair enough. In her little cave fort <laughs> thing. In her Millie cave. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I can get behind that one. So we now know why she stopped talking. Don goes ahead and takes her to the doctor, and the doctor says, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. <laughs> oh, come on. That's good. That's good. Oh. All right, all right, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, the doctor is wondering, why isn't she talking? What what could have possibly set her back? Of course, Don and Henry know. Henry comes home, finds a large group of people out praying to his wall now. 
and he is so angry. <laughs> Just a few for one day. That's all he wanted. And now he's here with a whole mess of them, and they've got all kinds of stuff around his wall. He's just not having it. He's yelling at everybody. He's really, really angry about the entire thing. I'd be mad too. Esperance is trying to calm him down. He goes to like his little storage shed where he happens to have a sledgehammer or an axe or something. Mm. And he, he goes and he starts smashing everything by the wall. And then he goes and starts smashing the wall. This is a this is a, a pretty it's a pretty rough moment for yeah. for the it's like the most I, I think this is probably the most powerful moment of the movie and probably some of my favorite Luke Wilson acting in general. I think he does good. I think he does really good here. I like. I mean, I'm not. I haven't seen a whole bunch of. Them. I like angry Luke Wilson. Uh, I I think he does good when he's being angry and and mean and stuff. He takes his axe or sledgehammer or whatever it is. I think it's an axe. Anyways, whatever it is, he's swinging at it. It's a sledgehammer. Is it? can't axe a house. Sure you can. You can axe a house. Firemen aren't carrying around sledgehammers, are they? No. They're carrying around axes. his house is like stone. It's stucco. What? His house is stucco. It's like, it's like, uh, it's not stone. It's not brick. It's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. It's like concrete. Yeah, but it's like soft concrete. <laughs> Anyways, he's smashing the side of his house. Destroys the wall. As he's destroying the wall, he inadvertently touches the wall. He just touches just a little itty bitty piece of it. While he's standing there looking at everybody, he's kind of he kind of realizes now what he's done. Mm-hmm. A, he put a giant hole in his house, <laughs> and B, he's really kind of just made a made an ass out of himself and he kind of feels it looks like he kind of feels bad about the whole thing i would probably feel bad too because everyone's really upset and he he made them all upset for no good reason esperanza she comes up to him she's been trying to tell him this the entire time while she's been calming him down trying to calm him down she tells him that the blood test came back and it was real as soon as she tells him that the house collapses on him. <laughs> the The part that he's standing under just collapses on him. He wakes up in the hospital, surprisingly intact. Yeah, all he has like, is like a big gash yeah. on his head and that's it. He might as well be Sandra Bullock in Bird Box at this point. There's not a whole lot done to him. He doesn't even have a broken leg or anything. He's doing pretty good. He wakes up and Esperanza is at his side. Or she tells... she. Asks him, you know, why he didn't tell her about his situation. She says something about him being sick, but it, it's in like the past tense. Mm-hmm. And he asks, like, "What do you mean, like, was sick or something or other like that?" Then he he realizes what she means, and he finds out that he is not actually sick. He's not actually dying, so he will live, hopefully, for a long time, unless he you know collapses another house on him. Right. You find out that he he wasn't cured of his sickness. He was just misdiagnosed. The doctor told him that. The doctor told me he was wrong. I feel like that's a pretty big misdiag- uh, misdiagnosis, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> if the wall had not shown up, <laughs> if he didn't end up in the doctor's office, he would have lived for like another twenty years, thirty, forty years, however long, just waiting to die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like at what point? If okay, Mac. 
You go to the doctor. Doc says, you got six months to live. At what point do you go back to the doctor and say, hey, I'm still alive? <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. So uh, is it like six months in a day, seven months, eight months? How long? I'd say another six months. Okay. So you'd live like a uh, a year. Mm-hmm. A year before you said, I'm not, I'm clear. What's I'm, <laughs> why aren't I dead? Right. Okay. I might go three extra. I might go, I might go nine months. Six months, I'm still alive. Three months later, I might go to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Something's going on here. One thing that did bother me throughout this movie, up to this point, though, especially the first time that I watched it, he's sick, he's dying, but he doesn't look like he's sick and dying. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's not not in poor health at all. And, of course, you get to this point and you realize, oh, that's why he's not, (laughs) not in poor health, because he's not dying. He's happy to find out that he's not dying. Millie shows up with Don, of course. She is happy that he's not dying. And she's talking again because, well, because she's happy. He goes home and he looks at his broken wall. And he still, still will not say miracle. He still will not admit that this is a miracle. Esperanza Esperanza actually is the one that tells him that... uh, that he's not dying, and that was his miracle, was that he was not dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that it was a misdiagnosis. Not that he was cured, but that it was a misdiagnosis. So he goes home, and he, he like picks up like a little piece of the wall, and he throws it into the pile of rubble. Still won't call anything a miracle. Has like another a little moment with, uh, with Don, where they, like, they hug and kiss and smile, and they're happy. Still he- suffering from back pain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he goes inside and he crosses out the was on his wall where it says Henry Poole was here. And now it reads Henry Poole is here. And presumably he now lives happily ever after in this house that now he realizes he has to pay for. You imagine that? What would be worse? Dying or realizing that you've racked up a crazy amount of debt? Thinking that you were never going to pay. Probably the second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Movie does not get into that, but it, it ends and I'm like, boy, he like really racked up some debt. <laughs> I bet now he's really wishing he could have got, uh, would have listened to the realtor when she said that they could get him down. Right. That wraps up this week's episode. The spoilers to Henry Poole is here. Anything else to say? No. No. Okay. Other than you can... If you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Two Guys and a Movie. Got it. Twitter is Two and a Movie. Oh, you got it. And if you want to email us, we're at Two Guys and a Movie at Outlook.com. Nailed it. Boom. I have to sit here with an index card in front of me every <laughs> time. <laughs> And read those out, because I can never remember what any of them are. Mac just did it with no notes at all. And as always, it's T-W-O, people. Oh, you got it. Not T-O-O, not the number two, and not just one O. (laughs) If you look for anything other than the T-W-O, we don't know what you're going to get. Yes, and we're not responsible. That's right. We're not. For whatever virus comes on. (laughs) (laughs) Also, leave us a review on iTunes. We will read it on the air. 
I will read them all on the air, except for the one from Susan McMartin. Why? Because Mac called Dibs last week oh, that's true. and said he would read that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care what you say in those reviews, people. Anything and everything. I will read them. You can make me say whatever goofy things you want to make me say so long as you review us. Good, the bad, the ugly, the weird. You can even you can even use our space to review another podcast. You want to you want to leave a review for uh Monster the Zodiac Killer? You leave that review right there on our page for two guys a movie and a podcast. Yeah, cuz I mean, we do like listening to other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, you tell us how good the other things are that you're listening to, and uh, we'll read those on the air as well. Thank you all for listening. Whatever. Come back another time. <laughs> <laughs>